0: Uh, hello, and thank you for being with us today for this podcast of Net Politics. I am Adam Siegel, the director of the Council Cyberspace and Digital Policy Program. And with me today is Samir Saran, the vice president of the Observer Research Foundation from Delhi. Samir, thanks for being with us today.
1: Thank you, Adam, for having me.
0: Uh, Samir, why don't you give us a sense of where India is now uh, in cybersecurity? There was a lot of movement and an appointment of a cyber czar and a lot of discussion about national strategy. So what, where is what what is this framework and the, and the landscape look like for India right now?
1: So to really discuss cybersecurity in India, I think it might be useful to understand the two stories that are unfolding in India. The first story unfolding in India is the proliferation of uh, access to the internet. And we are adding anywhere between 6 to 8 million users every month. On normally devices which are priced at less than $100, which have front doors, back doors, windows, uh, all sorts of uh, access to all sorts of actors. They're mostly, uh, we are conducting services through spurious software. We are downloading pirated songs and movies and music. So basically we have an unsafe, unstable uh, operating ecosystem. And we have to keep that secure because we've also decided that we need to transfer the government subsidies, the doles, the agriculture uh, handouts and all other forms of direct benefits to uh, our citizens using the same network. So the cybersecurity paradigm for India is that we have bottom of the pyramid hardware, we have spurious software, we have unauthenticated ecosystems, and yet we want to do what the world is doing with the same ecosystem, that is move huge amount of cash to uh, specific uh, individuals for all sorts of programs. That's the cybersecurity paradigm. india also at the same time is becoming an exciting cyber uh, a digital economy in a sense it's it's the second largest recipient of startup capital in this sector i think we have the second largest number of unicorns that have come up in the last couple of years and uh, we are increasingly seeing a sophisticated debate on whether india could become a cyber security actor supplier provider to its neighborhood africa and other asian economies who require say the, again the mid rung mid-priced solutions for their uh, own businesses. So this is where the debate is. In a sense, two stories, one of access and proliferation, the other of uh, economy that is robust. And in the midst of all of this, the government has now created a a nodal point, a cybersecurity officer, whose task is first to keep this uh, ecosystem safe, for which uh, you will have to create a number of institutional frameworks, from having capabilities to authenticate and verify, to cyber resilience and capacity building, to uh, teaching uh, you know cyber hygiene to 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 imparting simple cyber hygiene to people who are connected and to the other end we have critical infrastructure we have our financial uh, flows which are moving on this uh, on this net we have neighbors who are not very happy with us we are prone to all sorts of attacks and and for all sorts of reasons and, and we need to create a, a response mechanism for this uh, reality as well. So this is where we are in terms of the cyber cybersecurity challenge. Have we done a good job? I would say that in the last three years, the one thing that we've done very good, or we have we have done well, is to put this in the mainstream of the discourse. So now it's no longer something that the IT department in a company looks into, or some small office in the government looks at, but this is a huge debate at the centre of governance. So I think that we have done well. We've moved the cybersecurity conversation to the center of, of, of uh, government policy. Uh, what we have done uh, modestly well is to create uh, regulators, institutions, and, and authorities who are tasked with looking after this. And I think you see progress on that front as well. What we have done, what we haven't done that well, is to create a cadre who's going to be the front line to respond to this. So we have... And when I say Carter, it's not necessarily about creating employment. It's also about creating partnerships. Have we created the government-private sector partnerships? Have we created the uh, individuals who have the expertise? Have they been lured into the system to work with the authorities or with the private sector? We are doing badly with partnerships. But I think there is a realization that needs to change. And I think... uh, Last year when India said we are moving to multi-stakeholder, it was not only for governance, it was also for cybersecurity. I think they realized that their strongest response is the private sector, is the individual out there who's gifted and talented.
0: So you're here in the States this week in part because uh, ORF and, and the Council are co-sponsoring a uh, Track 2, Track 1.5 dialogue on U.S. and India, and I think there's a lot of uh, hope that the two countries they have they've been talking a long time about greater cooperation, and cybersecurity seems to be... One of the areas where there would be a natural partnership, given um, both geopolitical concerns, technology, complementaries. Where where do you think the most uh, high impact cooperation is going to be?
1: Adam, I think the track one point five or the track or or the bilateral between the two countries on cyber is perhaps uh, the most efficient way of. Um, making sure the two countries move ahead in their relationship. I think when we move into a multilateral or a multi-stakeholder model, the two countries are habitually seen to be on opposite corners. Uh, other actors in the room compel us to move to opposite sides of the room so I think uh, but we do well bilaterally we have done we have done exceedingly well on some some important issues in the last decade. Uh, the nuclear deal of course being the biggest but if you look at the defense partnership if you look at our HADR uh, partnerships if you look at now the the, the recent agreement on sharing infrastructure uh, during uh, secretary Carter's visit to India bilaterally we do much better. Uh, and I think the digital sector is one such sector. Cybersecurity is one so- such area where it is useful if India and US can work bilaterally. Um, uh, why I say this is because if you were to uh, to throw the TPP rulebook on India, that this is the digital two dozen. That's the USDR listing. That take the digital two dozen, sign up to this you might find a different response. But if you were to work with India through those key issues that the the US is really concerned about, you might find a more welcoming India on a bilateral basis. So I think, first of all, this format is useful for us to be able to progress faster and to move closer to each other's positions when it comes to some key issues around uh, the digital sector, including on cybersecurity. On um, cyber security per se, I think there is now an increasing awareness that there is a, a certain interdependence that this uh, this whole ecosystem has brought about, and we can't avoid but walk and walk with each other. And we have seen in the recent past, again, the U.S. intel or the U.S. alerts, the Indian alerts, have been very useful for each other. And um, I think on a certain intel to intel cooperation, we are doing fairly okay, but I don't think we have institutionalized it. We have not engaged all stakeholders in this debate yet. And I think that's one big impact area, that if we can if we can co-opt uh, the larger ecosystem to work for the benefit of the bilateral, I think that's the big challenge. And that's why this uh, the gathering that you have convened this evening, in fact, we bring in private sector, we bring in the thinkers, we bring in the government, and hopefully when we have uh, uh, these shades of opinion in the room, uh, we will have a stronger outcome.
0: As you know, there's been a very contentious debate in the States uh, between law enforcement and the tech companies, in particular Apple, uh, on the encryption issue. Uh, there was a, a mini-debate in India as well when the government released some uh, codes on encryption and data storage. They were quickly re- Pull back about, a, I guess, about a day and a half. Um, is there anything, you know, is the debate similar? Is there anything to be learned from the two sides? Uh, how, how is this playing out in India?
1: So the Indian debate, uh, Adam, was slightly different. So in the U.S., it was the tech companies versus the government. In a sense, the Apples and, and the other uh, hardware manufacturers and service providers were uh, worried that their credibility and therefore their international market and reputation would be impacted if they were seen to be giving in to the U.S. demand to have back doors, front doors, side doors, windows. Uh, so I think you had a pushback from the, from the business side. In India, the business side was not that loud. In fact, it was absent. I would say it was rather absent from the debate. In India, the pushback to the government policy came from the civil society, from the privacy evangelists who, who, who saw this as a means of uh, intrusion. As a means of uh, invasion of privacy, and that is where the pushback came from. What the what um, the internet has really done in India is that it has given so many people such loud voices, and I think it's not easy for for governments. I, I actually sympathise with them. Uh, I think there were a couple of um, faulty positions that the government had proposed in the bill. By and large, it wasn't that um, different to what would have been expected had uh, you had any group of people decided to draft it. And we should have had a debate, but I think there was no debate. They had to pull it back completely because there were two or three positions that which, which were quite obtuse. That's the reason why the bill was pulled back. The, the, the most glaring one was a uh, requirement of, uh, of the users to preserve their old messages that they had sent uh, so that the government could access it in case of any emergent, issue, uh, emergent situation.
0: Samir, thanks very much for being with us today.
1: Thanks, Adam.